People, what's going on is another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 35. So special one because it's training camp opening up week. It's an exciting time. We're almost close to getting this football season underway. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, this is your boy, Eugene. You can follow me on Twitter at Fantasy Jeans. That's G-E-N-E-S. Our official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. And of course, I am joined with the other co-hosts of the show, Ike. How you feeling, man? It's training camp. It's training camp day, man. I feel feel great, man. I feel great. There's been a shit ton of training camp news, training camp videos, (laughs) all these enough to make your head spin, right? Enough to make your head spin, (laughs) but in a good way, in a good way. Um, But one thing we do want to make sure you 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 guys, um, if if there's any piece of advice that we give you give you all. Do not get too wrapped up in all the you know the the the, the one liners that you that you see and hear from different beat writers, different reports out of training camp, and don't overreact to every little bit of news that you see. Uh, I know it's instinctively you're going to want to because wow, I mean we're around the corner um, from football season. Preseason is next week, and you know there's a lot of these different things coming up. But um, yeah, it, it's it's great to be excited. I'm excited. Gene's excited. Everybody's excited. But, um, you know, automatically adjusting ranks based on a bit of news that comes out or here or there, here and there. It's just um, it's just kind of kind of have to take some of these reports with a grain of salt because there's been a lot, a lot, a lot to, to to digest over the last couple of days. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of coach speak, man. Just like you said, don't get caught in the in the mix of of all that because you can you can definitely ruin your roster. If you're in dynasty before it before the season even starts if you're just you hear the josh palmer news oh he he's he's gonna win the third the uh the slot receiver role and now people are gonna be trading their seconds to go get him <laughs> yeah. things like that is just is bad process if you know how their offense operates is is not a good move so or a couple of days mindful. ago or a couple of days ago beat writers was predicting rashad penny's stat line every you know on a weekly basis oh he's going to get 20 carries a game it's like how can you reasonably project that all right you know it's just you're a beat writer right <laughs> you're not a stat you're not a stat guy you're not a, you don't have projections you don't have a model you, you, you plug shit into you're just a beat writer um but it's just stuff like that you just want to be careful with <laughs> and you know what's funny i heard that same thing and 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 somebody was like well they only averaged 20.3 carries per game last year so How's he exactly. getting all the work? How's he getting all the work if you expect them to split with with Walker? So with, with Kenneth Walker, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, and they're gonna be, and, then that, and that team is just gonna be bad. They're gonna be trailing. They're getting their heads beat in on a weekly basis. Uh, but even then, I mean, shit. Like last year when they were losing a lot of games, they were running the ball um, while they're trailing, and they were very very slow paced. But still, like he's not gonna get 20 carries a game, and they only average 20. So that's just the, the math ain't math in there. <laughs> at all <laughs> math ain't math at all <laughs> this show is about players that we're looking to target in our in our redraft leagues for this coming season but before we get to that you know we just want to touch on a couple of things that we've seen so far on the official first day of you know all the teams putting out their 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 videos and their coach speak of what's going on in training camp i know we've seen things like the Bucks signing julio so people are now like oh no what happened to russell gage or you know you got the the, the Chris Godwin and James Robinson avoiding PUP. So people are, are like going crazy about people that have torn their ACLs and are 
they're not even making it to the P the PUP list after like seven months or even John J uh, James Robinson's cases after seven months of tearing his, his Achilles, he's on the field doing doing field stuff on the side. So it's just, you know, things like that is just amazing, you know, just to see. And then, of course, of all the 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 videos that you're seeing, like the the Kadarius Tony side, you know, Tony uh, doing the two touch the the catch a ball on top of a receiver or. You know, you saw the <laughs> the Baker throw, <laughs> yeah, or or Slant Boy doing doing some things, and he's looking good. His ankle looks good, so you know things are like yeah. that. What 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 have you seen so far? Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen you know a lot of the stuff that you have. I mean, there's been a lot of overreactions to the Julio, you know, Julio to the Bucks uh, signing. A lot of overreactions. Um, I don't think this. I honestly, and, and then obviously, you know, Chris Godwin being cleared. I don't being clear for training camp. I don't believe that you know he's going to be on the field in week one, and even if he is, he's going to be you know have you know very limited snaps. But you know Tampa Bay, they're they're a team that's built for January and February, right? So they're not going to rush you know their star receiver back you know as early as week one. That's why Julio signing was so important because I feel like at least the first half of the season, or first not first half, I mean like the first you know uh, first quarter of the season, you will see a lot of Julio. Um, you know, Julio, Mike Evans, and Russell Gage and three wide receiver sets. And there was a quote by Todd Bowles today where he said that, you know, Julio was brought in to replace Gronk's catches. So we might see Julio in a big slot role. You know, ne you never know if, if you know, how, how he's going to be deployed, but that could be a possibility. And, you know, and another, and in, in staying in Florida, you know, the, the, the ETN James Robinson thing, more overreactions. Oh, this hurts James. This hurts. This hurts Travis Etienne and so much. Blah blah blah. But you know, James Robinson is he still tore his Achilles in late December after Christmas. And you know, we, yes, we saw Cam Akers come back in five months. That's an outlier. He's Wolverine. Nobody's Wolverine, <laughs> right? So I think you know, James Robinson avoiding pump is not a guarantee that he's gonna be on the field week one and and taking taking carries away from Travis Etienne. I don't think this changes anything for me for as far as the Etienne goes. It doesn't change anything for me because, you know, again, he wasn't he, – his his biggest thing – his biggest calling card was, you know, catching passes, right? That that was going to – he was one of the best, you know, college you – know, uh, one of the best running backs to catch passes, um, you know, in the 2021 draft, draft class. And that was that, that was his biggest strength. And, you know, anything that he gets – on top of that would be a bonus um, from the rushing department, but um, that I don't, I don't see anything. I, I just, I just think people need to stop overreacting to those two situations because I don't think anything changes ultimately for me. I, for me, I think it does. Um, James Robinson was a good running back when he played. I mean, the first year we saw what he did, he was pretty much the best undrafted free agent running back. The league is, has had since they've had undrafted free agents. And even last year, in spots that that they struggled in he was still he was still decent at least for for whatever that's worth i just believe that once james robinson is fully healthy i believe some of those touches will be taken away i know a lot of people are expecting travis etn to be damn near rb1 on his first season first real season playing even though this is year two i think people are kind of overreacting on that and also of just expecting him to just hit the ground running. And then with the passing, his pass catching ability, I didn't, again, I, I mean, watching him when he was in college, a lot of those passes were like 
almost like shovel passes to him because he struggled actually like catching the balls either like you know screens or 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 Trevor Wilson, uh, Trevor Lawrence was just like you know just shoveling the ball to him because because he struggled to, to catch the ball. I mean, he even came out as to the reason why he stayed an extra year is because he wanted to learn. He wanted to, you know, get better at catching the football because that's something that he struggled with. So I don't think he struggled uh, per se, because again, you know, according to PFF, he was the highest graded uh, re- receiving back in the league in, in the, in, in his 2021 draft class. So, I mean, if, if he's catching just dump offs and things like that, I mean, you're not going to be graded a very, very high. So he had, he's shown, he showed, you know, pass catching ability, and they were moving him. And if you remember, they were moving him around a lot in Clemson. He wasn't just running swing passes and things like that. He was running, you know, routes, you know, out of the slot and out of the backfield, and you know, some of those error routes and things of that nature. So he was, he was a, a much better receiver. I mean, again, the top, the top receiving back in this class is not just going to be catching dump offs, right? It's just uh, I, I, so. I mean, I mean, PFF also had stats of. I want to say it was 74 out of like the 104 catches that he had in his career, they were behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, generally, in his A dot, I believe his eight, he had a negative A dot, which means that he, a lot of the catches that he's making are behind the line of scrimmage. So that's, all, I mean, that's the only thing. Again, that's in college now. We don't, I mean, we don't know. Maybe he's gotten much better where we might see him being deployed in the slot or outside or, or maybe just passes from the the uh, from Trevor Lawrence in front of no not behind the line of scrimmage. So, uh, I mean, he's two years removed from that. So we'll we'll see. I'm just for me, I just think that if we get a fully healthy James Robinson, he's going to see some of that potential work that we foreshadowed being taken away because James. It's not like James Robinson sucks. So, no, no, no. It's it's, it's not a it's not an indictment on James Robinson's ability, but. You know him coming back this soon from an Achilles tear. Oh, yeah, he's not going to yeah. be healthy. He's he, he's just not going to be healthy this year. Like we we can we can, I mean, you know, coming back that soon. You know, out, if you're, I mean, if he's Cam Akers, then yeah, then maybe we we can have a different conversation. But he's 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 going to be spending a lot of the season working his way back to full health. See, he won't be full. Like when when will he be fully healthy? I mean, probably at the end of the year, one year removed. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, by by December he may be he may be fully healthy, but even then, you know, you you can't even be, you know, too sure about that because he may be overcompensating um, in another area. He might have another injury, he might have like you know, hamstring injury or you know, ankle injury, whatever the case is. So, um, you know, fully healthy James Robinson, yeah, I mean, that that's that's a problem because James Robinson's actually a good back, but we're not probably. In all likelihood, we're not going to see a, a healthy James Robinson in twenty twenty two. But that's just yeah, that's the that's just my opinion. Yeah, I, and again, time will tell because again, we, we we've seen somebody come back five months after Achilles tear, and he's taken at least fifty percent of of running back share. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah, you know, and then we also got Trey Lance. Trey Lance has has gotten the, the full green light in terms of this is his offense this year. So. Uh, you know, seeing him throw passes, just a lot, a lot of videos, a lot of people getting hyped up. You know, I mean, is, is finally, right? Finally, he got the green light. <laughs> but I mean, still, Jimmy Garoppolo's on the roster. So, but until he's like completely gone, right? Until he's completely gone, and then we can finally exhale. We can exhale a little bit since Shanahan said, "All right, this is Trey Lance's team now." But until Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer on the roster, then we can just fully exhale. We can throw a party. We can do whatever. We can celebrate. 
But um, yeah, it, it's I, I don't know what they were what why they were waiting you know so long for for that. But you talk <laughs> what, but switch, we're switching gears really quick. But you did talk about you did talk talk earlier about Michael Thomas, um, you know, being cleared. He he was looking good. The the, the out route the out route that I saw, <laughs> he looked good. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't look like he had any kind of hitch in his giddy up, and he was yeah. you know he 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 looked like the old uh the the old slant boy that we were that we were accustomed to seeing um you know early you know earlier in his career he looked very explosive coming in and out of his cuts. But hey, you know this is this is the type this is the type of stuff that we that we latch onto until the real football begins, right? Yeah, so exactly. We we oh. overanalyze a simple out route. You know that's yeah. that's where we're at right now. We're we're, we're we're football junkies. We're football news junkies. We want to latch on to every little bit of video that we see from some of our some of our uh, favorite players that we like to watch. So, yeah, we we got to man. It's, 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 we've been waiting for so long. So you you know anything we see, we just we just get excited. So is that time? So uh, I mean, I can't stop grinning ear to, uh, from ear to ear about like all the all the videos all day I've seen. So I'm I'm just excited. So. Yeah. But you know, let's get to the show. Targets that we're that we're looking to uh, attack or get on our redraft teams for twenty 2020, for twenty twenty two. I'm gonna let you go ahead and start it off for us. Well, um, we're gonna stay. We're gonna keep the same theme of uh, wide receivers. And the first wide receiver I want to talk about is a guy that I that I liked a lot um, last year. He was a rookie, um, Elijah Moore from the Jets. You know, he's you know he's he's awesome to me. Um, currently going off the board as a wide receiver, thirty-eight. Um, that's way too low for him. Uh, he's you know we we've heard this. We talked about him in our, in our earlier in one of our earlier podcasts in, in this offseason. And when we talked about the AFC East, you know, week seven to thirteen, he was the wide receiver overall, averaging around eighteen points per game, and he caught passes from about four different you know four different quarterbacks. Yeah, so he, regardless of where, regardless of who was going on the ball, he was producing. I know he he didn't have his his splits with Zach Wilson weren't 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 ideal. They left a lot to be desired, but the other quarterbacks that were less talented than Zach Wilson, um, he was he was cooking with them. He out of you know the out of the top five rookies versus man coverage, he was number one beating man coverage. So and he you know he also has an elite athletic profile, 97, 97 percentile agility. 91st percentile 40 yard dash, uh, you know, again, you know, just ninth in total route wins like this, the guy, the guy can ball. Um, and it's a shame that he hurt his quad late in the season. Actually, he actually had, he actually hurt his quad in training camp. And that's why he was kind of slow ramping up in 2021. But then when he started ramping up, he was, he was producing at a, at a, at a high clip, but you know, Elijah Moore, I'm targeting him in almost every one of my drafts. He's usually available, um, in the sixth, the sixth, seventh round in most drafts, <clears throat> and I'm taking him over guys like Juju and the Schuster and, um, and and players like that um, that are going in that same range. So um, I like Elijah Moore a lot for for the 2022 season um, to to take a, take another step forward. Yeah, I, I co-sign that he's 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 the prototypical wide receiver to breakout type of wide receiver you want to take. So I think the opportunity. For him to, you know, beat the numbers that he had last year are very, very attainable if he stays healthy. So I don't think I don't think anything will stop that. I mean, even him being 15th and, you know, routes one versus man, just let you know, you know, even as a rookie, how 
how good he is in terms of you know beating man coverage and getting open. So uh, these are the type of things that you want to see from a wide receiver, especially if you're spending that that sixth, seventh round draft capital on one. You want you want I mean that's your wide receiver three, so somebody you could depend on uh, to produce on a weekly basis if he's healthy. So uh, I, I like that pick. All right, so for me, my first player is somebody uh, I talked about in terms of training camp news and nuggets or whatnot. Trey Lance, he is uh, right now going quarterback 13. That's 109th overall, which is basically the start of the 10th for a quarterback that's essentially a Konami code type of quarterback. These are the type of quarterbacks that you want to, you know, you want to go after, and especially somebody that's late and you know he's going to be starting. Uh, I, I would definitely like to take a chance on that type of quarterback. Um, and, you know, and if, as long as he's healthy, you don't you don't really need to you know draft another one. You're playing usually when people play redraft as one quarterback, you can find a decent backup on your waivers if, if need be. But for for him specifically, I mean, last year we saw him play in two games. He started two games and then he played a second half of another game. The two games he started was Arizona and Houston. We saw we saw him. Uh, you know, finished QB 20 uh, versus Arizona. And then uh, and then week 17, when he played against Houston, he was court QB 10. The 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 game that he played the second half was versus Seattle. And in, in that one half, we saw him finish QB 14. I mean, just seeing him play just, you know, just envisions and gets people excited in terms of seeing what this this quarterback could potentially do if you have him for a full season. Uh, like I said before, this is a economic code type of running uh, quarterback. He can throw, he can pass, and then under the under the the, the guidance of, of of Shanahan, I mean, sky's the limit, honestly, because we've seen what he can do. We saw Nick Mullins for a span of games in 2020, just like Nick Mullins. Be, be, yeah, Nick, Nick Mullins, Mullins was like a borderline wide receiver. I mean, quarterback one for those four weeks that he played, and he was throwing like 40 times a game. I mean, yeah. even though the, I don't think they won any of those games, but for you to be that confident in a court in a quarterback of of the caliber of Nick Mullins, you just imagine what he, what he can do with 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 Trey Lance and and their their offensive scheme that run the run scheme that they uh, that utilize. I, I think I think he can potentially be uh, a quarterback one, like we saw even somebody like Jalen Hurts. Even though a lot of people don't like him, this dude was comfortably wide, uh, quarterback one for half the season before he got hurt. So mm-hmm. I I would like to take my chances on somebody I can draft in the tenth round, knowing that you could potentially get twenty five points plus per week for, uh, from from a quarterback. So you got anything to add or or you know against against Trey Lance? No, I mean I'm not against Trey Lance. I mean I I, I think I I think he's a good I think he's a good enough pick. Uh, the number one you know you, you, if you go back to one of those starts against Arizona, he had he had sixteen carries. For for eighty nine yards, and I believe he got stuffed on the goal line on a couple of those carries. So mm-hmm. that would have been an even bigger, an even bigger, um, you know, fantasy fantasy day for him. So, um, but I think, but I, but I think you no, know, I think Trey Lance is is a, is a really good pick. Um, he's what going off the board? What quarterback thirteen? I think 13. he's going a little bit. I think he's I think he's going to, going a little bit sooner now because I think his ADP is being pushed up to like quarterback ten, the quarterback 10, 11 range. Um, even then, like I, I would still I would still uh, you know I would still take a shot at him there because you know the offense that he's in is just you no know, anybody a lot of quarterbacks 
will have 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 had proven proven production uh, in that in that system. And Trey Lance is more talented than any of those quarterbacks uh, yep. that, it's ever been. So he's got a big arm, can run. I think it's like a four four forty. Um, yeah, yeah, Trey Lance. Yeah, I, I, that's a that's a good pick. Honestly, that's a really good pick. All right, who you got? All right, the next one I want to talk talk about um, is a is a wide receiver. Another wide receiver. I have a lot of wide receivers on my list because I I am a wide receiver, a wide receiver junkie. You are. (laughs) (laughs) But we're gonna go. We're gonna shift to the NFC East. Kadarius Tony, wide receiver for the Giants, uh, currently going off the board as wide receiver fifty-one. That's about one hundred and fourteenth overall. He was one of eight rookies last year, over the last five years, to average two yards per route run, and the other. The other rookies on that list, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Chris Godwin, and hell, even Hunter Renfro. He was on that list. Um, that's pretty good company to be in. Um, you know, as we've seen, Justin Jefferson just has, has torn the league up his first two years. Jamar, Jamar Chase, I mean, come on, just self, pretty self-explanatory. That's a pretty good list. I mean, in a short, in a short time. Yeah, uh, you know he was he was third in beating man coverage amongst all amongst that amongst rookies uh, last year. Uh, you know behind Jalen Waddle and behind Elijah Moore, he commanded targets at a high rate. You know, I know it's a small sample size. It, he had a twenty eight point nine percent target rate, um, and he had a big game against the Cowboys, ten for one eighty nine. Uh, and he was just he was turning Trayvon Diggs around. Tra- Trayvon Diggs yeah. was my boy, but he was turning him around. He was turning he was turning whoever was covering him. He was turning them around. Yeah, so they should have took, took him to jail, man, because it was abuse. Yeah, it was abuse. It was <laughs> definitely abuse. You know, he's he's a man coverage beater and separator, top twenty in win rate, top twelve in, in target separation. So if he just stays on the field, you, we the 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 metrics are there, the elite metrics are there. He 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 will produce. He will he will be a top twelve receiver if he's fully healthy for a full season because he's going to be commanding targets in that offense, a new a, a much more improved offense. Um, with the addition of uh, head coach Brian Dable and his and bringing his you know pass happy scheme from Buffalo to New York, so Canarius Tony, yeah, he's he's firmly firmly um, in my um, on my radar by the ninth round, by the ninth or tenth round in, in in most drafts this fall. What do you think? Yeah, I I definitely agree. I mean, the the competition is Galladay and. Well, Who I, I like also. I also Robinson. like Galladay to bounce yeah. back this year. I do like. I do like. I do like that too. He's due for positive yep. touchdown regression, but Kadarius Tony is is the alpha in that receiving room. Yeah, and you got Wondell Robinson, who this current regime drafted high draft capital. Then you also got uh, Sterling Shepard. I mean, he's recovering from from Achilles injury himself, and then they still got uh, and Slayton's still there. I don't know what they're gonna do with that, but definitely this. There's, there's an opportunity for Tony to do something, you know, way more than he did last year. Just needs to stay healthy and, and you know, again, on the good graces of the the, the coaching staff. So uh, yep. I think thing, I think he can beat this wide receiver 51 ADP for sure. Easily. Easily. Yeah. All right. So my next player is a running back that you like. I know you love him because uh, pretty much every league that I'm in, you have him on your team. Is uh, Aaron Jones mm-hmm. right now? He is going on sleeper RB thirteen overall twenty four. So pretty much the end of the second round. I, I just I, I love the opportunity that's presented to him with the departure of Devonte Adams. I mean, 
just from a receiving aspect, we've seen Aaron Jones do a lot of good things. I mean, this past this past season, he finished seventh in targets in the NFL, 52 reception receptions as a running back, which was sixth in the league, which is also the most in his career. He was 10th in target share, 11th in routes ran, uh, 49% route per, uh, partip- participation. Participation. So Let me help you. But basically half the time that they threw passes and he was out there, uh, he was running a route. So, And then uh, this is all on him having opportunity to share 53%. On um, basically 59% of his snap share. So he's doing a lot in terms of in the passing game. And this is what Devontae on the team. So just think about just trying to project what it could look like with Devontae not on the team. And then here, here's some numbers for you. So there's eight games that Devontae has not been on the field or didn't play in the game. Uh, we saw Aaron Jones have an 18% target share. Uh, he averaged four and a half receptions for 49 yards and half a touchdown on those eight games. And this is, and this equaled out to 23 points per game for these eight games. So, I mean, (laughs) it's there. And this is even mixed with the fact that their wide receiver room and tight end room is pretty much a bunch of Jags. Honestly, if you want to be real about it, there's not really anybody that, that should Mm -hmm. demand a bunch of targets. I mean, Not Alan Lazard, not Randall Cobb. I don't give a shit what I don't give a shit what Aaron Rodgers says about him. <laughs> don't don't draft Alan Lazard, please. <laughs> Save yourself from that landmine. But Another landmine. Sammy Watkins, uh, Romeo Dubs, Tanyan, like a bunch of like all these guys are Jags, man. The I, I believe the most trusted receiving receiving type of player on the team is Aaron Jones, and I believe that we're gonna see we're gonna see Aaron Jones. Really get unleashed this coming season, just by the fact that just because there's no, there's no, there's no Devontae. Like, who else is he going to throw to that he really trusts? What you got? Yeah, I mean, and and even in previous seasons, what a previous season he finished uh, as the RB two overall with Devontae Adams in the lineup. So now, yep. now he's got he pretty much has that. I mean, he was the second most targeted Packer last year. You know, that was above MVS. That was above Allen's or above any other Jack they had on their team. He was the second most targeted guy. So, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers likes to throw the ball to Aaron Jones, and he's going uh, – he's going to smash. He's going to smash this year. You know, we've, we, we're we in lockstep. We're, we're on the same page with Aaron Jones. You know, he's going around, you know, RB12 right now uh, in front of Saquon Barkley. I'm sorry, behind Saquon Barkley, Kamara, Nick Chubb, according to Sleeper. Um, and I, I would – you know, I have I have a choice to make because uh, Saquon Barkley is the next guy I want to talk about <laughs> because <laughs> in the second round it's going to be between him and Aaron Jones for me a lot, and yeah, I'm going to have to you know split the difference and 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 pick and pick a lot of those and 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 just continue to you know just alternate I guess because Saquon Barkley you know going off the board as RB11, uh, I I absolutely love him this year. He's he has RB1 overall upside because he was actually the RB1 overall in 2018, his rookie year. He's year he's year two post ACL tear. And as we've as we've seen in the past, if you know two years removed from your ACL, um, ACL tear, you are basically back to, to to yourself, to being the guy. Even though 2021, you know, prior to prior to him, you know, rolling his ankle on Jordan Lewis's foot, he was the RB9 and the RB he had RB9 and RB2 overall finishes. So um, you know, as we as we talked about a couple of weeks ago on our NFC East pod, 
you know, the, the, the Giants played played this thing pretty smart with Saquon Barkley, just kind of, you know, working him in slowly, you know, getting him, you know, getting him uh, more and more touches as the weeks weeks progressed and ramping him up appropriately. Um, and, you know, it was just an unfortunate, you know, a high, high ankle sprain that he suffered. But he's back now. He's fully healthy now. He's a must draft. He's an auto draft in the second round. I don't think he should go any 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 further than the two than the two hundred one in in all drafts uh, in all uh, redraft leagues this year. And if I do have you know uh, you know the 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 eleventh or twelfth pick in redraft leagues, I know Saquon Barkley is going to be firmly on my radar along with Aaron Jones, and I'll just have to make I'll have to make some some decisions <laughs> there. But I, I I love Saquon this year. He's going to smash. He's going to be back. A new offense. They made they, they they made strides to improve their offensive line, you know. So uh, yeah, I, I like Saquon uh, this year to smash. Yeah, I believe he's going to smash too. That year two post ACL injury always works well for that for that particular player. And in this new offense with with Brian Dable, they'll be able to to uh, really unleash him. I mean, we saw training camp. We saw him line up in the slot. I saw a video of him line up in the slot. So you could just only imagine, <laughs> could only imagine potentially what can happen uh, with him being unleashed. So Saquon okay. Barkley and Aaron Jones, those those will be those will be two of my most rostered players this fall. Um, and hell, even in an underdog draft, uh, I, I did earlier in June. My my start was Jamar Chase, Aaron Jones, and Saquon Barkley. So one, two, three. So I got Saquon Barkley at twenty nine. Jones at twenty, and obviously Jamar Chase at five. So, but that's probably not going to happen this fall when the casuals, you know, start drafting. And so there, there's so the, the, the opportunity to get Saquon Barkley in the third round, uh, that ship has sailed, buddy. That yeah. ship has sailed. So it's Aaron Jones and Saquon Barkley will both will both be in the second round. It'll just it just kind of depends on who what your preference is at that point, or who's 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 available, who's not available, and. But yeah, I'll have a lot of decisions to make because I don't, I have a very short list of players that I'm targeting second round, and those two are on it. So we'll see. Okay, yeah, we'll see. okay. So if you were so if you have pick eleven, you're taking one of them, and then when you come back, well, up, so, okay. Four. Well, let me, let, let's backtrack. Let's backtrack for a second. All right. <laughs> the only the only way that I don't go just double tap both of them is if a wide receiver like Stephon Diggs is there at eleven. If he's there at eleven. Then I have to t- I have to take a wide receiver there. I have to take I have to take Stephon Diggs there because that that value at number eleven, uh, given the offense that he's going to be in, given the pass volume he's going to see, can't pass that up, right? So then then the decision becomes who do, who do you prefer at a Saquon or Aaron Jones or even or even DeAndre Swift for that matter? So that there's going to be some decisions to make there. Um, yes. as far as that goes. yeah. So that's what I was going to ask you because if you look at sleeper overall, eleven is is Devonte so you have so you still have you know the choice of Diggs, Swift, Barkley and Jones. So when you get to 11, your de- your decision is going to be who. You're saying you're going to take Diggs over uh Jones and Barkley, right? I'd probably have to take Diggs over Jones and Barkley if okay. he's there. But okay, so um, you- a lot of a lot of places that I've 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 drafted so far, he hasn't been there. So it's 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 made my life a little mm. easier. So okay. Easier. So, but if he's there, then it, he'd be hard to pass up. And, and there, and there could be some times where I do pass him up, and I just go ahead and just go with my gut and just go with Barkley and Jones, yeah. Swift and Barkley, Swift and Jones, a combination of those, like two out of those three running backs, 
or are my favorite targets at the end of the at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. So if I I'll okay. I'll end up with at least two of those players um, that I that I mentioned by the end of the first round in the beginning okay. of the second round. If I'm drafting around the around the eleven the the, the one two turn. Okay, I just I just want to test your strength of how much you how much you love those two players. So no, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just how deep was my love for them? Yeah, how, how deep was my love for them? I'm glad Diggs is the person that can break up a, ha- a happy home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so my next player now I'm getting I'm dabbling in the wide receiver room. My All first right. player, yeah, yeah I know <laughs> uh, the first the first wide receiver I'm looking to target in my drafts is is Michael Pittman. Right now, sleeper they has ADP at wide receiver seventeen, which is fifty first overall, early fifth round. For me, why I'm targeting him is, I mean, first off, there's no real threat in terms of target competition. Like if you start naming the people that are, that that receive the ball in, through the air, is you got Paris Campbell who's always hurt, you got Alec Pierce who's a rookie. I mean, you never know with rookies; you, they usually don't turn up until middle to late of the year what mo alley cox uh, <laughs> uh you got um uh jelani uh woods the rookie from virginia uh, i mean <laughs> tight ends rookie tight ends usually don't do nothing for you your first year uh, i mean the who who's the who who is going to who's going to who's going to fight him for targets Naheem Hines? like there's nobody here um he got a more accurate quarterback in Matt Ryan. The O-line is still pretty good. Bingo. Last year, last year we saw we saw Pittman at a 26% target share, which was elite, uh, which equaled out to 14th overall in targets. He had a 98% route participation last year. Uh, we saw him run 2.12 yards per route run, which was 19th in the league. Anything above two is elite already. Um, he was 45% win rate versus man, which was eighth in the league. So, I mean, all those things mixed together is just somebody I want. I mean, we saw him have his breakout last year. And I just, I just think this, that just continues with, with a better, with a better quarterback this year. Yeah. And they're going to have more, more pass volume overall um, in, in 2022 with Matt Ryan, again, a better quarterback, better quality targets. Better, you know, and Matt Ryan was a better downfield thrower. So, you know, Michael Pittman is going to smash. And, you know, Matt Harmon, you know, I know, you know, you guys follow Matt Harmon on Twitter. He's been a big Michael Michael Pittman advocate. You know, his reception perception profile is is mm. fucking amazing. I think yeah. he has, I think he's like in the 95th plus percentile versus man coverage, beating man coverage. So he's, yeah, he, Michael Pittman's a stud, man. Like, I think he's, He's he's one of the top uh, wide receivers. He's he's been one of the most talked about wide receivers this offseason, and we haven't heard really really that many bad things about him. Because usually when somebody's a, a a strong topic of conversation throughout the offseason, you you kind of see you kind of you know see uh, every now and then someone you know downplaying or, or have something negative to say. But it's been all positive yep. uh, for Michael Pittman because there's there's not really too many bad things to say about this player and he's he's just he's going to continue to ascend and now he has a much better quarterback um in a much better situation and limited tar- target competition so yeah it's 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 wheels up for michael Pittman. who you got all right so my next one we're gonna we're gonna stay in the wide receiver room because i have a shit ton of wide receivers <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go to we're gonna go to the nfc north 
Chicago Bears. I know that offense is not going to be looking great uh, this year, but who knows? Maybe they'll surprise. But uh, the number one, the number one guy there, Darnell Mooney, wide receiver, uh, wide receiver, twenty nine, sixtieth overall ish. Uh, he was he was an, another second year breakout um, to a lesser to a lesser extent than Michael Pittman, but you know he finishes the wide receiver twenty seven, just shy of thirteen fantasy points per game. He had over 80, 80 catches, over a thousand yards, uh, and you know he didn't see you know great quality of targets from Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. You know, and Justin Fields is is due to take you know a, a second year leap. There's been a lot of positive reports you know coming out of camp, um, you know uh, for, for for Justin Fields and, and getting through his progressions, getting through his reads a little bit better. So you know, but again, we'll see how that translates to the field uh, this fall. But you know, Darnell Mooney had just is coming off of a 140 target season. That was top 12 in the NFL and a 26.7 percent target share, which was top 10 in the NFL as well. So I mean, it's just you know, he 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 was getting a lot of volume, and he doesn't have target competition himself. You know, they they showed a graphic of all the Bears pass catchers the other yesterday. As a matter of fact, Nikhil Harry, Vilas Jones, Byron Pringle. It is just a sad group of wide receivers just around. It. Like, <laughs> like, like, why would they even put that graphic together? Like, it was just a bunch of talented guys. It's like, it, it's just, it's so bad. It's like, cold, Jones it's cold blooded, man. Vivas Jones is older than Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry's been in the league for three years. So just think about, <laughs> you know. So it's just things like that. I mean, Cole Komet, he's he's an ascending tight end, but uh, but again, it's just it's Mooney and 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 Komet that the only pass catcher is worth a damn. So limited target competition for Dino Mooney, an already talented guy. Wide receiver 29. Basically, basically where he's being drafted, they think he's going to be worse than what he was last year. And that's just that's just not I don't see how that's possible. That the maths, the maths there ain't mathing, right? The maths ain't mathing at all. At all. Yeah. So he has a clear path to like at least 150 plus targets with Allen Robinson gone. And, you know, he was seventh in target separation with almost two yards. So this, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity for Darnell Mooney in that in that offense, and it and it's going to be a very condensed, uh, a very very condensed target uh, target comp- very condensed uh, t- targets uh, for him. So he's he's going to be the main guy seeing the bulk of those. So what do you think about Darnell Mooney? I I agree with you again here. It just it makes too much sense. There's no, I mean, you just named all the Jags that are behind him. There's no there's no competition. So. If if the Bears are going to do any show any type of type of sign of of hope for the following season, is going to be coming from him mainly. So I have really I have nothing else to add. You know, if if Fields doesn't want to be replaced, then he needs to be throwing the ball to this guy. Yes, <laughs> not not Vilas Jones, <laughs> not Byron Pringle, not Equinemia St. Brown, uh, but. Yeah, yeah, Darnell Mooney, man, he's he's another one of my targets. He, he's going kind of around the same range as Elijah Moore. I think they might be around apart, around or two apart. And I found and I found myself getting getting both of them uh, quite a bit in some of these best ball drafts. So um, I, I have a I'll have a lot of Darnell Mooney and Elijah Moore. It seems like they're just always there and they're always available. So it's it's kind of easy to stack, especially you know, especially in best ball, it's kind of easy to stack even you know, Darnell Mooney with Justin Fields. That you know he's he, he he's 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 due for for an even uh, you know bigger climb this year than the 140 targets that he's coming off of. Yeah, and I I can kind of get why why though why Mooney would be available because you know people want to focus on on op- good offenses and sometimes you don't want to ignore the obvious of a, a decent wide receiver with 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 target 
with potential targets of 130, 140, you just can't pass that. That's too, that's too good of an offer for me. So I can't pass that. I'll take, if you're getting 140 targets, then you're on my list of, of potentially being, being drafted. And on that note of talking about another wide receiver in a bad offense, Brandon Cooks, mm-hmm. he's going wide receiver 29, 71st overall, which is basically the end of the sixth round. Uh, again, this is somebody's ADP at 29. He finished a wide receiver 20 last year. He's in the exact same offensive situation as last year. Nothing's changed outside the, the, the O-line got maybe a slightly better, slightly, but your target competition is Chris Conley, who's only known for blocking at wide receiver. Ugh. Nico Collins, who's an athletic freak, but who hasn't done anything since he's left high school. Um, wow. You wow. Got- who and you got Brevin league, honestly yeah yeah and then you got brevin jordan a tight end that's you know his RAS score is is left a lot to be desired but he's he's okay at tight end uh outside of that there's nothing there's nothing so you know 27 percent target share 12th in targets last year 134 targets 13th in receptions Almost forty percent air air yard share. You no, know, he had out of out of eight years in the league, he's had seven top twenty four finishes. So I mean, why not? <laughs> what else is there to explain? Brandon Cooks is he's a, at least a wide receiver too, at worst for you. So and you're getting him at the end of the sixth round. Yeah, give me that. Let me let me yeah. get that. <laughs> yeah. It seems like every year that he's just going to continue to be underrated as, you know, as we stated in previous shows, like he's just top 20 guy. He, he's a, he's, he's going to command a lot of targets. He's going to produce over a thousand yards, 80 catches, seven, eight touchdowns. That's what he does. That's what he is. He's, he's, he's in this league to produce. He's in this league to produce wide receiver two level. Maybe he may, he, he may even creep into the wide receiver one territory, but um, what special with all the volume he's going to get, but yeah, Brandon cooks solid, man. Top an easy, rock solid wide receiver two every single year, at least. Yep. Yeah, and then right, finally, my my last guy. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to our hometown team in the NFC East. Wide receiver Jalen Tolbert, rookie out of South Alabama. They drafted mm-hmm. him in the third round. Wide receiver sixty six, basically going at the end of the drafts. Not even not even being drafted in many cases. Uh, I like Jalen Tolbert a lot. He's First of all, he's going to be on the field to start week one. Um, I'm, I'm not buying I'm not buying any of those reports with Michael Gallup looking good and this, that, and the other for Mike McCarthy. You know, he's again, he had his he had his ACL surgery five months ago, and there's no, there's no, there's no, he has a snowball's chance in hell of getting on the field in September. <laughs> so we're probably not going to see Michael Gallup until late October, early November at the, at the latest. But even then, that's barely nine months uh, of it's barely nine months of of, of rehabil- rehabilitation uh, from his ACL tear, and that's usually like the that's usually like the, the the front end of a lot of these guys' recovery. So we probably won't see Michael Gallup on the field for a while. So Jalen Tolbert will be in there um, in, in two wide receiver sets. He's he, all he has all he has behind him is is the Jag that is James Washington and and, and some other guys that. We 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 can't even you know we we can't even rely on right now. Um, in in college, he he had a 96 percentile college target share um, last year in 2021. He had a 51.3 percent dominator rating. That was 97th percentile. 
So he he's a he's a stud, man. He 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 was producing. He produced over fifteen hundred yards, uh, over fourteen hundred yards his last year in college. So you know, Jalen Tolbert. You know, obviously the you know the the conference is is not um you know is is not it's not the SEC. It's not it's not any power five conferences. But you know he if you dominate a small school, I mean that 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 said something. You have a dominator rating like that in the upper ninety fifth percentile. That means something. So, um, in, in the Cowboys, in the Cowboys' offense, they they throw, you know, they they run a lot of plays. Um, they've been top three, you know, top two in situation neutral pace in each each of the each of the last three years that Kellen Moore has been offensive coordinator. And so they run a lot of plays, um, and you know their you know and their pass play rate has been relatively high as well. And so you know that's an offense you want to get behind. They were the number one offense last year. Yeah, and you know a lot of a lot of pass attempts, a lot of plays, a lot of volume coming his way as the number two guy. Um, over the last three years, the Dallas Cowboys' number two wide receiver has averaged around seven and a half, you know, almost eight targets per game. And so, if if Jalen Tolbert is going to slot into that you know wide receiver two role, he's going to be you know seeing a lot of volume um, as early as week one. So I like Jalen Tolbert a lot as a late round dart throwing drafts. Uh, I don't. <laughs> Hey, uh, I I hear you. I hear you. Uh, this is very aggressive for 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 Jalen Tolbert. Not uh, aggressive. If he's a, going for free. Not uh, if he's going yes, for free. Uh, no. Well, no. So when I mean aggressive is that fact that that we think that well, you think that he's going to just go ahead and step into seven to eight targets based on you know how we target the second wide receiver. So you're looking at him and you're you're saying that you would draft him over people like. Rondell Moore or, or, you know, Devontae Parker or Tim Patrick or potentially uh, Jacoby Myers uh, when we get in this range of, of wide receivers. So you, you feel confident in drafting him over, uh, over some, of these, some of those wide receivers then? Uh, let's see. He's going wide receiver 66. So he's going ahead of – and this is according to Sleeper. So he's going ahead of Van Jefferson, Jameson Crowder, Alec Pierce, Sammy Watkins, KJ Osborne. He's not even being drafted. McCall yeah. Hartman, DJ Tark, George Pickens, Devontae Parker. Those guys are going ahead of him. I mean, I would, I would definitely go. I mean, I would take Jacoby Myers because he's he's probably going to be the, the number one in New England because he finished as a top 30 receiver last year. So Jacoby Myers is probably ahead, is definitely ahead of him. Tim Patrick, we, we don't know what's go, what's gonna happen with that Denver offense. But he's been producing in that offense, so um, that I, I think I think that's a toss up. I don't want anything to do with Devontae Parker. I have no idea why George Pickens is being drafted high or being drafted there. Uh, DJ Chark, it's a field, a, a solid field stretcher. Uh, McCall Hartman's underrated this year. Um, I think a lot of people are overlooking him and just assuming that Juju's going to get all the targets um, in, in Kansas City <laughs> as the wide receiver one. And we we've we've talked about that at at uh, ad nauseum. And then, you know, and then he has Mar- Marcos Valdez scantling there. But, you know, again, like Jalen Tolbert's not being drafted. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. he's, if, if you really look at it, he's not being drafted. You know, pick 182, that's in, that's that's at the end or not even being drafted at all. So uh, yeah. if, if, I, if I can get him, it's like one of my last couple of picks. Um, that would be great. But um, but he's he's definitely somebody that's that's most certainly on my radar. Uh, he's okay. he's going to be on my radar for sure. Especially, okay. especially as, you know, as training camp rolls on, Preseason rolls on as he makes more plays. That's going to just drive up his ADP. 
as soon as you see him in pads, you see as soon as you see him just you know sky over the defender and catch a slant and take it to the house, that's just gonna you know drive up his ADP as it is. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna see him. we're gonna see a lot of movement with him over the next month or so, next month and a half at least. So I, I think mm-hmm. uh, I think Jalen Tolbert. I mean, he's look, he's he's underrated. I mean, if you, if you if you can get him for free now, get him, get him while you get him while you can because his ADP is gonna it's gonna climb. His ADP is gonna climb. Okay, I res- I respect it. I respect it. All right, so my last player that I'm looking to target is a tight end. This guy was was at Seattle last year. And now he's with the Chargers and Gerald Everett. He's going tight end 23, which is 174. So basically mid 15th. So basically free. He's at the very end of your draft. Finished tight end 21 last year. He had very similar stats to to, to Jared Cook last year in a lesser offense. He had the same amount of receptions as him. He had less yards than him, and he ran ran about the uh, just a, a tad fewer or less routes than he did. Uh, I mean. Just to put in perspective, Jared Cook last year with the Chargers, he finished at tight end 17 with 83 targets, which was 14th, 20th in receptions, 17th in yards, 9th in routes ran, which is important, uh, 13% target share, which was 21st for tight ends, but he was second in drops with seven. So potentially getting Gerald Everett, who was younger than him, faster than him, you know, more athletic than him in the exact same environment as last year. Nothing's really changed for that Chargers offense, at least how it's going to be, how it's structured and how it's ran. We know that the targets are very condensed to a certain amount of people and tight end is one of them. So I think mm-hmm. he should at least see the same amount of opportunity, especially in the red zone. And, you know, I, I believe that he can beat this tight end 23 uh, ADP that he's being currently drafted at. So. That is my last player that I am targeting, especially for my my process of how I like to draft. I like to wait on tight end. If I can get potentially this this high, this high powered offense, if I can get a get a a piece of it with the tight end at the base of the end of my draft, then yes, I'll I'll do that. I can I'll wait and get Gerald Everett and take my chances. So, what do you think yeah, about that? That's that's not a bad that's not a bad one at all. I mean, they're they're a high volume pass game. Um, you know, there's a lot of volume going around. Justin Herbert's going to be throwing the ball all over the all over the field. So yeah, that's not a bad that's not a bad one at all. I like it. Do you? I know we're finished. We want to do five each, but do you have any bonuses for for the people that are listening? Just in case you know they they like what we gave them, but maybe if we can give them a couple more that you that didn't make your your list of that you wanted to you know talk in talk in in detail about. Yeah, I got a couple of bonus guys. Uh, first is Ron J. Stevenson running back for the Patriots, you know, RB 39. Um, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be on my radar as well. Just, you know, around the ninth, ninth or 10th round. If I do go wide receiver heavy early, then I could look to get him as one of my, you know, one of my you know, RB two slots, one of my RB slots, you know, later in drafts. You know, he's, he was the highest graded rookie in 2021 and the previous four, um, over the last five years, the previous four, uh, Highest graded rookies were Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, and Alvin Kamara, and we've seen that you know each of them produce you know over the last several years. Um, probably Jacobs to a lesser extent, but Chubb, Kamara, JT, they they've all ripped it up and they've been top top flight fantasy running backs. Um, you know, Ramon J. Stevenson. I mean, I know there were some conflicting reports today about him t- getting getting one getting mm-hmm. first team reps, and some people refuted it. Mike Reese refuted it today. Um, so, you know, the, that really doesn't really I don't really 
take reports like that um, not, with nothing more than a grain of salt. I, I, that doesn't really change anything for my process of drafting Ramondre Stevenson. He was already a, a target of mine uh, with or without that report. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. So Ramondre Stevenson is another guy that I'm targeting, and then also Miles Sanders. Um, I seemed, I just, I seemingly can't quit Miles Sanders, <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially last year when he didn't score any freaking touchdowns, <laughs> which made absolutely no sense. And they just, you know, the Eagles just, you know, they whatever it was, they just hated him around the goal line. But you know, he's he he's shown that he can he can run the he he's a pretty good runner between the tackles. Um, he was third in the NFL in yards per carry, especially in the second half of games. He was he was kind of a kind of a closer for them. Um, in the second half of games, he averaged six point three yards per carry on sixty three carries, and um, you know he's tenth in yards per touch, third and you know two yards per carry, and fifth the breakaway run rate. So, you know, if he can just get in the end zone, which I feel like he will be, he'll pay off the RB twenty six ADP uh, this year. Um, and and he can catch passes. He was a pretty good receiver coming out of college. Pretty good receiver in the NFL. So um, I think. You know, Miles Sanders is due for a bounce back year. So those are the, those are the, the the two bonuses I have. Who do you have for bonuses? All right. So my first bonus is another wide receiver, Russell Gage, going wide receiver fifty four, mid eleventh wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that Todd Bowles just came out and said that he wants to run the ball more, but I call BS on that. Mm-hmm. Why are you getting? Why are you getting? Why are you continually getting more pass catchers if you're trying to run the ball more? So I believe. I believe Russell Gage, at least the early part of the season, uh, will be will be very effective. You know, with with no Chris Godwin, because I don't, I can't imagine Chris Godwin being out there why, uh, week one. Like we said before, why would you why would you go out and go spend six million dollars on Julio Jones if if uh, Chris Godwin is going to be ready? So, so that's that was the amount because I, I was he, I didn't get the contract. Yeah, detail. it was six million. Yeah, he said it was six million dollars. Yeah. Is it incentivized or that just? just it's uh, I didn't guaranteed. look at the de- I, I didn't look at the details of that. I just saw it was one year, six million. So I should have looked. It's probably maybe it was up to six million, or maybe that was the base. I don't know. Uh, but regardless of the fact, I, I think that's a lot of money for for a wide receiver that you're claiming that is looking like going to be your wide receiver four if if Chris Godwin, quote unquote, is supposed to be ready. So. I just think there's going to be a lot of volume once again this season, uh, this year for Tampa Bay and Russell Gage should be getting some of that. I mean, we saw Antonio Brown. We saw what Antonio Brown did, and he only had like, I think like 65, 66 targets, and you saw how effective he was. I just think Russell Gage can be just as effective because nobody's getting doubled in this yeah. offense. There's too many weapons. So Exactly. They eat, in my opinion. So I think at the 11th round, that's a steal. My second player is Irv Smith, uh, tied in 17, going early 12th. Again, we, we've seen a new new coaching staff with Minnesota. They say they want to throw the ball more. I mean, Irv Smith is is an athletic freak at his position. I believe, uh, you know, just the reports, he said he, he's really good. I think I even saw something where he uh, said that he got uh, a tattoo on his hand of the Hulk because he said he's going to smash the season. Oh my god! <laughs> get the f- get out of here. <laughs> so for whatever that's worth, you know, get I, I'm out of here. Count, get me all the count me all the way in with that one, man. You sold me. So, Eric Smith is my second my second sleeper for 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 the season of 2022. So, you know, that is the end of the episode, man. I I, I, I like this one. Hopefully, the people 
like this one. They they took some players. Hopefully, we talked about some players that they weren't even thinking about uh, that they're looking to you know now go out and, and kind of target in their drafts because again, some of these players are on discount in my opinion for the situations that they're in. So, uh, I you got anything? You got anything for the people before we get up out of here? No, this was a this was a cool episode. I I like talking about players that I that I'm targeting in drafts, and um, you know I'm excited to draft them. I'm excited to draft yeah. them every time. I'm excited to press that draft button each time I uh, see them. So in in the queue, so it's pretty awesome. Uh, appreciate y'all tuning in. You know, follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at just underscore echo nine. Follow uh, Gene at Fantasy Jeans. Follow the official Twitter handle at Offline FF. And if you find us on uh, po- you know on your podcast feed, we're on the Destination Devi channel. Uh, like, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, you know, if you have any kind of feedback, you know, related to the pod, feel free to you know feel free to send it to us. You can you can DM us. You can you can add us on Twitter. You can let us know how you feel. Um, and, and you know, if you if you enjoy the content, great. If you don't tell us what we need to do better. Um, you know, we we appreciate all any and all kinds of feedback. Yeah, man. And real quick, just to, the, to let the people know. There's the destination Devi. We have a newsletter that goes out weekly. So please, when you see any of us tweet, please subscribe to that. There's a lot of good content that we put in there. You got Jordan Backus talking analytics of different things. I know he might be talking running running backs this week, or he could be talking about wide receivers. Just you know, a lot of behind the scene analytics that that could be beneficial to your to your to your leagues. Uh, we also got Jeff that that hits us with in, uh, injury news, so he gives you a, gr- a great breakdown on on, in- on an injured player that you know you might see on Twitter, but you're confused. He he gives you a, a great breakdown on that. We got 4D Chess, of course, on there dropping something. We also got uh, ADP work of of Devi of Devi drafts that we've been running. So you know, please check that out if you're looking for get ahead of the game in terms of uh, potential college players that will be coming into the NFL and seeing where they're potential ADP is going right now, uh, which is really good information. Of course, off the line, we're on there dropping dropping some stuff. And then also we got our new the tandem that's on the podcasting network. Uh, they're called America's Game with Eric Vanek and Scott Connor. Some people might know Scott Connor with Dynasty and Chill. They're, they're doing great work. I know this past episode, they talked about Warp in terms of using that to, to draft players. And that was a really good listen to. So please, you know, check them out. They're dropping a lot of good stuff. So Wins over replacement. Yes, yes. Wins over replacement. If you don't know what that stands for, so yes, please check that out. Sign up for the newsletter. There's a lot of lot of work going into that, so it's a lot of good stuff. So, on that note, we'll talk to y'all next week. Y'all be safe and you know, be excited about training camp, man. Hopefully, I digest digest all the news, man. Digest all the news. Yeah. (laughs) All right, y'all. Y'all be safe. Peace out.